This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California, the Marlins and the Dodgers played game one of their three-game weekend series. Jesus Lazardo went opposite of the left-hander Tyler Anderson. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, over the years, going back to 1962 here at Dodger Stadium, there have been a lot of good old-fashioned pitchers' duels. Dodgers have played so many of them over the decades, and we had one here tonight in the opening game of this three-game weekend series. The Marlins and Dodgers go right down to the wire. Great starts by Jesus Luzardo and Tyler Anderson, and the Dodgers pull it out, a last-at-bat win, 2-1 over the Marlins on this Friday night. Anderson came in 13-2 on the season. Jesus Luzardo has been pitching real well for the Marlins, and they were both magnificent. This game was scoreless all the way into inning number seven when the Marlins finally broke through. They got a leadoff double from Jacob Stallings, but then Charles LeBlanc fouled the first base, and Peyton Burdick struck out. So with two outs, Stallings was still at second base in a scoreless game. And with two strikes against him, Yerar Encarnacion just back in AAA today and playing in only his third career major league game was in a position to come up with a big hit for Miami. The 0-2 pitch, Encarnacion rockets one, left center field. That's going to be off the wall, extra bases. Stallings into score, Encarnacion with two outs and two strikes delivers the first run of the night, and it's 1-0 Miami in the seventh. But the Dodgers would come right back. Luzardo started the seventh inning, allowed a leadoff hit to Justin Turner. It was only the fourth hit. Jesus had allowed all night, came back to strike out Chris Taylor. But at that point, he had thrown 100 pitches a season high, and Don Mattingly went to the bullpen for Stephen Okert. Okert to lefty, able to strike out Hanser Alberto for the second out. So we were in the same situation as the Marlins have been in the top. Then you know, the Dodgers batting in the bottom of the seventh. Had a man on, two outs, looking for a big hit from Trace Thompson. Trace's father, there's a ball ripped over third, it's a fair ball, just barely down the line, into the corner, Turner headed to third base, they're gonna wave him home, the relay throw gets away, and we're tied at one, plays backed up by Birdie, and because the ball got away, Thompson's able to go to third. 1-1 Dodgers have tied it up here in the seventh. So at that point, this game was going to be determined by the bullpens. Tyler Anderson done after seven innings of five hit, one run ball, walked three, struck out six, 99 pitches, 66 strikes. On the Marlins side, Jesus Luzardo pitched six in the third tonight, four hits in the run, he walked two, struck out seven, 100 pitches, 63 strikes, gets no decision, but he lowers his season ERA to 3.44. Top of the eighth inning, Chris Martin out of the bullpen for Los Angeles, and he sets on the Marlins in order. Miguel Rojas, a ground ball to second, Jesus Aguilar, a fly ball to right, and Brian Anderson, a strikeout. In the bottom of the eighth, Dylan Floro, who spent three years as a Dodger, won a World Series here in 2020, came out of the 
bullpen. And the leadoff hitter in the inning was Mookie Betts, who flared a fly ball down the right field line. Brian Anderson raced over and tried to make a spectacular catch. He couldn't, and the ball got by him. He might have opted to play the ball more conservatively and hold Betts to a single or maybe a double, but when the ball got by Andy and went to the wall, Betts wound up at third base with his second triple of the season. So the Dodgers in a tie game eighth inning had a man at third with nobody out. Marlins brought the infield in. Trey Turner hit a ground ball right at the third baseman, John Birdie. Birdie was able to look Betts back and he threw Turner out for the first out of the inning. With the lefty Freddie Freeman due next, Don Mattingly opted to intentionally walk Freeman. That put runners at first and third for the Dodgers, and it set up a possible double play. Marlins backed up on the infield, thinking maybe they would try to turn two with the go-ahead man at third. That was Betts, and Freeman at first, one out in the eighth inning. Will Smith was the hitter for the Dodgers. 2-1, he grounds one to third base, diving to his left birdie. He looks home, and he drops the ball. The Dodgers take the lead. There was a miscommunication there, or really more John Birdie thinking in one direction, Jacob Stallings thinking in another. Birdie fielded that ball, wasn't thinking about starting a double play. He was thinking about coming to the plate, but Stallings had vacated the plate. He was headed toward first base to back up a throw from second on a possible 5-4-3 double play. So when Birdie looked home and started to throw home, he realized there was nobody there, and that's why he cut off his throw and on that play, Betts scores to give the Dodgers a 2-1 lead. So they would hand that lead to Evan Phillips at the top of the ninth inning. Craig Kimbrell, their closer, has been struggling. In fact, a couple of days ago in Milwaukee, marked the first time all year he had closed out a save with a one-run lead. He had been 0-4 for 4 in save chances when he came in with just a one-run lead. It was just a one-run lead going to the ninth here tonight. Instead of the veteran Kimbrell, Dave Roberts sent Evan Phillips out there and with a one-run lead, the first man he faced was Nick Fortes for the Dodgers. One-two to Fortes, hit well to center. Back on it, Thompson, onto the track, leaping at the wall, he caught it! He caught it! Crashing into the fence in center field for the first out of the ninth. So Trace Thompson with the game-tying RBI double in the bottom of the seventh, makes a game-saving catch to begin the ninth inning. There's a pretty good possibility that ball would have cleared the wall had Thompson not gotten his glove on it. It was really close. It may have been off the top of the wall for extra bases, but Thompson's spectacular play in center made it a moot point. It's out number one in the ninth inning, and when Jacob Stallings grounded to shortstop and pinch hitter Joey Wendell at a fly ball to center, the Dodgers were able to celebrate a 2-1 victory here tonight. For Los Angeles, two runs, six hits, no errors, seven left. The Dodgers went over 10 with men in scoring position. For the Marlins, one run, five hits and an error. Miami stranded six, going one out of eight with men in scoring position. Chris Martin, the winning pitcher, he's 4-0 overall this year between Chicago and LA. Now 3-0 in eight games as a Dodger. Dylan Flora, the former Dodger, takes the loss for the Marlins, he's 0-2. Evan Phillips with his fourth save of the season, pitching a 1-2-3-9 for LA. Time of the game was two hours, 41 minutes, and a crowd of 50,431 here to watch it on a Friday night at Dodger Stadium. So the Dodgers are now 37 and eight, going back to June 29th. They improved to 82 and 36 overall this season. They're 46 games over 500. They got the best home record of the majors at 41 and 15 with this win. By the way, they also have the best road record of the majors at 41 
and 21, and they'll be in Miami for four beginning next Friday night. For the Dodgers, it's their Major League leading 34th come from behind win of the season here tonight as they beat the Marlins two to one. Miami falls to 52 and 67 on the season. The Marlins now 27 and 34 on the road. Miami's dropped 15 in the last 20. Marlins are 13 and 27 over the last 40 games beginning July 6th. That's when the bats really went silent and uh, continues to be the case here. A run on five hits, that's all for the Marlins in this ball game tonight. Miami got a leadoff single from Charles LeBlanc in the third inning. Marlins got a two out double from Peyton Burdick in the fifth inning. They got a two out single from Jesus Aguilar in the sixth. They got the two doubles to produce their only run in the seventh inning. Jacob Stallings leading off and with two outs and two strikes, Yerar Encarnacion with the run producing two base hit, but that would be it. The next seventh straight will be retired by Dodgers pitching, and the Dodgers win this one two to one. The Marlins and Nation are working together again this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout in 2022, $25 be donated to AutoNation's Striping Initiative to support cancer research. Tonight for the Marlins, nine strikeouts. That's $225 for the season, 1,035 Ks. $25,875 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink initiative. Real tough loss for the Marlins. Had a 1-0 lead late. Dodgers picked one off in the 7th and the 8th inning. They win their 82nd game of the season. The Marlins fall to 52-67. and 67. Let's check in with Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the loss. Donnie, uh, Jesus Lazardo, I know tremendous tonight, but just want to start with uh, that eighth inning because it really kind of changed the, the game. Of, you know, Burry looking uh, to throw to home and Stallings wasn't there. It looked like Stallings was maybe tapping his chest and taking responsibility for not being at home play. Just from your perspective, that, that eighth inning and, and kind of how it unfolded. Yeah, I mean, really the last couple innings hurt uh, us. We missed the cutoff, cost us a run, or possibility of, of getting the guy at the plate. Uh, fought Andy's ball, we play that into triple instead of playing it safe a little bit and you can't get to it. Uh, and I think Jake's leaving, not sure why. You know, 100%, I'm pretty sure why, because we kind of, we walked the guy to set up the two ball, mm-hmm. ball sit firm. I think he anticipated him going to second with that and turning the two ball there. Is that just maybe the toughest aspect of the game tonight. You know, you go toe-to-toe, really, for the most part, with arguably one of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, for a play like that to kind of end up allowing the go-ahead run to score. Yeah, I mean, Jesus was really good. Uh, but like I said, it's the last couple of innings. It's multiple plays that we kind of don't, like, execute small stuff. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what ends up costing it. And getting to Jesus, I mean, just ever since returning from the IL, he's he's just looked so comfortable out on the mound. Just where you feel maybe he has turned the biggest corner ever since he's returned from the IL. Uh, it's kind of been the same all year, honestly. He's been like this all year. He had a one outing, I think, that wasn't wasn't great, and I think it was Arizona. Other than that, you feel like he's thrown the ball good pretty much every time out. He was really good tonight. He was on the attack. It's the way you got to pitch these guys. You got to get after them. You can't allow the, these guys will push you. If you don't get get out to the strike zone, they're 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 not going to swing. And so I thought Jesus was good. He still had some three ball counts, but he was on the attack. Um, but he's been really good all year long, outside of the one outing in Arizona. I just ask him as well about the significance of him being able to get to 100 pitches as well. Knowing that he was out for a bit early. Yeah, I think we've we've been careful about getting him getting him there and um, 
and tonight seemed like the not not necessarily trying just to get him to 100, but we thought, you know, getting him back out there for the seventh, he'd kind of earned that. Um, and then, you know, I could see the, you know, Mel's talking in between. He's starting to miss spots and things like that, but he threw the ball really well tonight. Well, some give and take with Ferrari gets the RBI double that gets you guys the lead, and then, like you mentioned, the missed cutoff there. That it's yeah. just seeing the, the up and down, the swinging one inning for him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, he's basically trying to hit the cutoff, man. It's not like he airmailed it, trying to throw it to the plate. So he was trying to do the right thing. He just missed the guy. That's all. Uh, and, and obviously the hit was big to give us the lead. Um, so, you know, at least on Gerard's side of it, it's not really it's not really mental. It's just more physically didn't get the ball to the, you know, he tried to hit the guy. He just missed him. I think when Lozardo first came back, I might have asked the same question, but just if you get this version of him on a consistent basis, what it means for this club moving forward? No, I mean, it's a, it's another guy in your rotation, right? And, um, you know, with everything that's going on, I think, you know, we've talked about this a number of times that the bright spot for this is that we still compete every night. And it's, it's really the fact that these guys are going out and keeping you in a game uh, on a daily basis. You know, for the last three series, it's been Philly and the Padres, and now we're here. Well, and we'll see how this one goes. But, you know, in general, these guys have kept us in games and given us a chance. Right, Tyler Anderson, what was he doing on, on the mound against you guys? No, he's been doing it to everybody. He's been, you know, his changeup, he's a guy that, that's got a really good changeup. Uh, a little cutter that he throws inside to keep you off of that side of the plate. Uh, yeah, so he's doing his thing. What about that catch in the ninth inning? That kind of. Yeah, it was a great play. You know, it's hard. I don't know if anything else to say about that other than, you know, we think it's gone, right? And I, you know, you know this place at night, the ball doesn't carry as good, but it looked like he, he stepped on that ball pretty good. Uh, I thought it was gone. I was shocked that he. You know that number one it doesn't go out, uh, and then number two that he's there to catch that ball is a great play. And I Stallings certainly thought Birdie was going to try to turn to. Was that incredibly instinctual on Birdie's behalf to understand that this is the potential winning run? Like, are you okay with him going home in that situation, or would you prefer they try to turn it there as hard as it was hit? Yeah, Tough. yeah. I mean, if you're going to ask me now, you know. Honestly, we, 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 we walk ready to go for the two. If it's a slow hit ball, you're going you're gonna to go home. But it was hit firm. Maybe Burt, because I know he goes down to the ground. Um, but really, just from our eyes, it was like two. As soon as it's hit that hard and he catches it, it's like two. But obviously, Jake thought that. Burt thought another way. You know, it's just the way it goes. From the catcher's perspective there, though, first and third potential winning run at third. Instinctually, probably going towards first, does he need to not vacate the area in that circumstance, or how does that work as a catcher? You know what? I never caught, and I, I think, I think he just assumed that he was going for the two. You know, when it was hit like that, and uh, so he knows there's this guy is. If we don't get the two, the run scores, right? And uh, so you're really going for the two right there, but. Stayed either way. I guess he could have stayed home and not backed up. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins 2-1 loss to the Dodgers in the opener out in L.A. 
last night. Game two of this series comes your way tonight at 9-10. Braxton Garrett will get the ball for Miami. Garrett, two wins, six losses, a 367 ERA this season. We'll hit the air at 840 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.